tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Marissa found this awesome uh, <laughs> remix of the Imperial March for us. <laughs> it may or may not be the best thing ever. It's pretty great. We'll let you decide. Yeah. It started playing, when she pulled it up, it started playing and it was like back and forth. So we have our headphones on and you like heard it in one ear and then in the other ear and then in one and then in both. We just decided, you know what? Everybody needs this in their lives. Uh, <laughs> that if is you're a not, fact. <laughs> if you're not listening with headphones, I highly recommend it. Truly enhances the experience. <laughs> Your Hello. life is not complete. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Star Wars Rebel after show here on AfterBuzz TV. We are talking Star Wars Rebels Season 2, Episode 7, Stealth Strike. And a stealth strike it was indeed. Uh, if you guys have not done so already, please be sure to go over to iTunes, hit subscribe, leave us a review if you like. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, remember you can always watch on YouTube as well so you can listen to our voices and also see our beautiful faces. <laughs> and uh, our lovely scarves. And lovely scarves. Megan and I are both wearing very nice scarves tonight because it's about, oh, I don't know, 65 degrees in LA, so we're freezing. <laughs> uh, that just gives you a little perspective on uh, what we think is cold. <laughs> I feel bad about complaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, guys, uh, if you're on YouTube, some of you are on YouTube right now watching the uh, live chat, which we are monitoring. We are also monitoring that hashtag ABTV Rebels on Twitter if you want to talk to us there. And if you want to uh, really get our attention, you can tweet at us. You can tweet at me, at Emma Fife, which is my name. And you can tweet at my co-host, Megan Salinas, at... You guys can tweet at me, at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. It's like a penguin, but a Menguin. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I that's like adorable. it. I really like it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we've got a bunch of you guys in the uh, chat right now. Seems to be overall positive reactions to this week's episode. Megan, what are your feelings about it? You know, I was pleasantly surprised at how upbeat this episode was. Yeah. Normally I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm all in favor of very plot-heavy dark totally. stuff. That, that is the best. Um, but when this episode started off with the power going out with the gravity mm -hmm. well and everything like that, I was, and especially with the way that it opened without the upbeat theme. Yes, I did <laughs> notice that. That made me think for a moment that this episode was going to go in a dark direction. Yeah, because they do that. And and even the episode with Hera when we had that opening of all those people getting killed, it's still like, da, 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 da. It's like, well, that sounded weird. Yeah. And then to have this one open and it's just silence. I know. It's it's like, okay, stuff is going down. And then it ended up being really funny. It did, yeah. Overall, it was actually a pretty light episode. There was an opportunity for it to go dark, but it, it when uh, Captain Rex ended up getting captured when they were on their mission to go rescue Ezra, and basically he, I mean, he for all intents and purposes sacrificed himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they, but they rescued him <laughs> and uh, and saved the day, which I have sort of mixed feelings about because I do like, and Star Wars Rebels tends to not shy away from the more serious 
side of things, and I like it when they go there. However, with this episode, it kind of needed to happen that Kanan did go back to rescue Rex because a, a lot of the theme of this episode was about Kanan and Rex learning to cooperate and trust each other. I think that Kanan has more trust issues than Rex does, but Rex has his his fair share of attitude uh, in this relationship as well. well. I mean, he is an experienced soldier, this is true. and Kanan is a cowboy. He, yeah. he His strategy, You're if right. you want to call it that, yeah. is to go in guns blazing yeah. when all of Rex's years of experience have taught him that that's a horrible idea. Yeah. So it makes sense that they, like, even the clone stuff aside, just their age gap would, yeah. would add a lot of friction to their relationship. Yeah, I agree with you on that completely. So there were a few different storylines basically happening here. Uh, we touched a little on the storyline of Kanan and Rex which we'll, we'll dive into a little more as well. But the the, the kind of it, I feel like the two storylines with Kanan and Rex and Ezra's storyline got sort of equal attention. But the other storyline was about Ezra going on this away mission with Commander Sato to you know sort out their issue with the gravity <laughs> well. Because basically you know they got pulled out of hyperspace by a gravity well, which is basically a tractor beam on crack. Like, it's just crazy. It can track you no matter where you are and just yank you right out of there because it's, it's basically like a hyper-powered tractor beam is my understanding of it anyway. Yeah, that appeared to be the case. I love that... They they find ways of working around the limitation, like the technological limitations yeah, that we are given in the Star Wars sure, universe. Yeah. Like even Hera's like, how is that even possible? Once you hit hyperdrive, there's literally no way of being yeah. able to be pulled out of it. Yeah, and they came up with a way to do that, and I thought that was very very clever. Yeah, and I liked that they they justified it with Sabine saying, "Oh, you know, when I was at the academy, this was something that they were working on," and and that's not beyond the realm of belief when it comes to what is and is not true within the Star Wars universe, I think, anyway. I'm sorry, guys. I can't get over the fact that you just said tractor beam. Yeah. That's on crack. Like, that's so crazy to me. I, that like, was basically what it moly. was, Alexis. I'm so sad I missed this episode today, but, like, holy shit. It's <laughs> super great. Yeah, it was some good stuff. I will say that um, kind of not sh- uh, shifting gears mm-hmm. from Ezra's story to the Kanan and Rex story. Yeah. This this episode as a whole reminds me more of A New Hope, I think, than any other Star Wars Rebels episode. I agree. And overall, I feel like Star Wars Rebels feels the most like the original trilogy that any of them do. But I think that some of that has to do with the fact that I'm quite literally Ezra is Ezra is basically Princess Leia in this episode yeah he's Uh, Princess Leia and Rex and Kanan are Luke and Han yeah going to rescue him going to rescue him dressed as stormtroopers and ultimately much like Princess Leia Ezra rescues himself Like, they but, show up to rescue. And also, also, Ezra got Princess Leia's amazing aim in this episode. Because <laughs> in the last episode, actually, I wanted to bring this up because someone had used uh, had used the uh, hashtag and made this comment. It was uh, at uh, Waldo Sachs on uh, Twitter said, did anyone else notice that not only can stormtroopers not hit anything, but Ezra can't aim either? Which was absolutely true in the last episode when he just sort of was the obnoxious little brother that we kind of shoved out of the plot pretty early on. But in this episode, all of a sudden, he was amazing. He was. It was fantastic. And even at, like when when Kanan and um, Rex are walking by other stormtroopers and other Imperial soldiers, I was expecting one of them to go, 
You're a little big for, for a, a stormtrooper. Storm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was waiting for that as well. No, overall, I thought that the uh, the comedy was really great in this episode. Uh, let's see. Uh, Renji in the chat said, I liked the scene of Rex making fun of the armor, which I also really liked. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. And, and uh, when uh, Kate, who was it that Kanan was explaining to that Ezra takes after Hera sometimes. Oh gosh, was that Sato or was that I can't remember if it was Sato or Captain Rex, but I but I definitely remember uh and Ant, you feel free to correct me and tell me in the chat uh if you remember exactly what that scene is. It's it's hard for us sometimes because we come in we literally have a half hour to watch the episode and then we just have to j- hop right back in here. So it's like we try to take notes and, and pay attention as much as we can. But, uh, but you know, sometimes sometimes you miss things, I think, in a first viewing. Yeah, uh, no, it does help to go back and rewatch. Yeah, ex- exactly. But but uh, that that response of Kanan saying he uh, he takes after Hera, uh, Aunt described it as being a typical dad response. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. He takes after his mom. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, in, in a lot of this episode, you know, thematically at the core of it, it was still about, it's about Ezra attempting to come into his own, which, you know, he does extremely successfully in this episode, but it also was, you know, Ezra also straight up says to Kanan when he and Rex are fighting that the reason he left was to get away from that. Yeah, no, exactly. And any kid... Anytime mom and dad are fighting, mm-hmm. like or in this case, like dad, dad and, and uncle dad. Rex, or <laughs> dad and dad, my two dads. Anytime you have family members, especially around like this time of year too. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's friction within the family, any kid can relate to that. Just be like, I just want to go. Yeah, just, like as long as I'm not here listening to this argument, I am great. I know it's kind of it's kind of very would, fitting for uh, the episode on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it was Rex. <laughs> who he was having that conversation with. Thank you to everybody who responded in the chat to that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there were a couple different themes that they were dealing with here. Number one, you know, a lot of Ezra's storyline, I feel, is about his sort of fragility when it comes to believing in the strength of the relationship between himself and the other rebels because he's been a loner for so long. And I think he is happy, he's cautiously happy to be part of this group. And then, of course, the other storyline was Kanan and Rex learning to actually cooperate with one another because Hera forced (laughs) them to go do that. (laughs) Yeah, because basically Ezra was captured. Hera's like, all right, they all discuss, okay, we gotta go on a mission, we gotta rescue Ezra, even though Ezra rescues himself all the time. It's interesting that you bring bring that up about Ezra's vulnerability or, like, the fragility of the bonds that they have here, because I had never really considered that outside of... um, because when he was doing his little vision quest in mm-hmm. season one, right. that was his biggest fear was that, like, his new makeshift family, mm-hmm. that they didn't really need him, that they were yeah. just kind of using him, and it wasn't anything personal, but it was convenient, and they didn't have any ill will towards yeah. him, but at the same time, yeah, it was nothing personal. And that was his biggest fear. Um, but, like, given how strong their bond has seemingly been over the past season and a half, yeah. uh, I kind of dismissed that. I'm like, oh, okay, he's over that. No, he's not. I don't think that's something that you get over very easily, and I like that they keep 
that around as part of Ezra's characterization because I think that any person who's ever kind of been on their own, it's really hard for you, and especially because Ezra's parents did basically just up and abandon him from his, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what happened. Yeah. Wasn't their fault. No, it wasn't their fault, but... Ultimately, that's kind of what happened to Ezra. To and a scared alone kid. Yeah. That's how it feels. Exactly. And so I think it's very realistic that Ezra has such a hard time accepting that they are a group, but also in many ways is the most fiercely protective of the unit. You know what I mean? He hasn't had a unit for so long. And I don't know. I don't remember what age he was when his parents were taken away off the top of my head. I I remember he was very young. Yeah, I don't remember the Um, exact age either. But he, he probably only has faint memories of being a real family. So now that he has one back, he's afraid that it'll fall apart, first of all. And second of all, he probably is afraid that it'll fall apart because of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he'll do something to screw up, and then that's what's going to tear the group apart or get someone killed. Yeah. Or who knows what else. So it makes sense that he would want to protect that at any cost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- this episode, you know, even though overall it was a pretty funny episode and, and relatively light, I think it dove a lot into sort of the, the quintessential character traits <laughs> of some of the, 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 the main characters in the series. Because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it, a lot of it was the Kanan and Rex relationship story. And at, the, at this point, it felt like a little bit more of good-natured bickering, like the comment about the <laughs> armor. And, and to the point that it, it didn't feel like a big character shift at the end when Kanan decided he needed to go back and save Rex. Yeah, and, and it's a very, very careful line that you have to that you have to walk when you're doing a show like this where you have character development but at the same time an ongoing storyline where you have to keep your characters in certain places. Yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, we can have Kanan and Rex learn a lesson about respecting each other that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get along the next time we see them. No, Or no. that they're going to agree on every issue and that runs the risk of being very repetitive. You know, when you you watch one episode, they learn a lesson and they they grow more respect for one another. And then two weeks later, you see an episode that kind of hits those same beats. That really does run the risk of you getting bored with the show. Yeah, absolutely. If if it's just kind of an endless cycle of that. Yeah. Here, I feel like they walked that line very, very, very well. Maybe later on down the line, if, like, season finale, if they're still having those trust issues, I'll feel differently. Of but course. But right now, this is, they, they're doing a really good job of pacing it out. Yeah, no, I think that that's something that, that Star Wars Rebels handles really well, is that it is paced very well. You never feel like, because I've watched some kids' shows, uh, or quote-unquote <laughs> kids' shows anyway, that the pacing feels crazy because it, it they just it's it's just constant story 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 and and joke 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 like it's space more level focused, kids joke yeah it's more focused on the episodic lesson than the story as a whole absolutely and as such you get the same gosh darn lesson over and over again and you're like i swear to god i saw this episode four weeks ago why am i watching it again yes and that's not how this show feels at all i think that characters are consistent from episode to episode in in a way that a that a person is consistent where 
when you are <laughs> when you encounter a life lesson, you're not instantly changed forever. <laughs> it's it's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing process, but you always see those little steps. And that's that's something that we definitely see in uh, in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Jennifer Servan brought up a really good point. This was in um, in regards to our conversation about Ezra and basically saying that you know after what happened when when he was in the caves and he was looking for the crystal that it kind of showed that him his fear of being alone and that the people who are with him also might just be using him. Yeah, which is also a thing that that I think anybody who's who spent a lot of time on their own or had any trouble sort of making friendships that's a real legitimate fear yeah and i think we we see that not only in him but like this is a very unforgiving galaxy it is it's a very unforgiving galaxy i i wasn't here last week um but even even sabine's you know adopted sister not Uh, not officially adopted right but like unofficially adopted sister was willing to leave her for dead yeah at you know at one point in their relationship and it's like this is this is a world where at any moment people could turn on you Mm -hmm. just because it's life and death or conversely, they could come to your rescue, much like Quetzalcoatl did in the last episode. And as Kanan made the choice to to stay and uh, and rescue Rex. So yeah, it's like who can you really trust? Because one minute somebody's stabbing you in the back, the mm-hmm. next they're coming to your rescue. Who knows? I'll tell you who I think you can always trust. Well, I don't know if I would say that, but uh, let's talk about how Chopper is quickly <laughs> proving to be. The most useful astromech droid in the universe. He's a maniac. <laughs> He's a maniac. <laughs> Dylan, uh, Dylan and Katie are right. He is a. <laughs> I swear to God, if he had a maniacal laugh, I feel like we would have heard him maniacally laugh <laughs> when his plan came together. First of all, I loved his paint job. Yeah, his no, imperial evil, paint job. That was amazing. Chopper. That was amazing. <laughs> um, and. But this is the second episode in a row now where we have seen his incredible ability to sabotage things. Because in the last episode, he disabled all of the weapons on Katsuanyo's ship. And then in this episode, he sabotages the... uh, The gravity well. The gravity well. In such a way that it doesn't just stop working. It literally reverses and makes the Star Destroyer implode upon itself. For a minute, I thought he was causing a black hole. <laughs> when it when it imploded in on itself, I was like, holy cow, is this going to be a black hole? Did yeah. Chopper just open up a black hole in the universe? And he still has the highest body count I of know. any character I've seen in this show. Seriously. And it is starting to become unsettling. Yes, yes. And he even ran over Ezra's fingers as he's holding on for dear life when the gravity came back on. Uh, Yeah. He is trying to kill them. (laughs) Oh, I don't think he's trying to kill them. No, but I mean, if Ezra fell to his death, I don't think he... The chopper would really care. (laughs) No. He's just like, eh, I brought you close enough to the ledge. The rest is on you. Whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like Chopper is on Chopper's side, and that's the side I want to get on. (laughs) That is the winning side. Yeah, yeah. He is very resourceful. He's very resourceful, and he's vicious, and he'll laugh. <laughs> well, and, and and it's really interesting because he, this is kind of going to what you were saying, Megan, about <laughs> him having the highest body count and, and acting independently at all times, that he basically said, he was like, Ezra, we're going to use you as bait. 
And Ezra's like, all right, I guess we'll just go with that. And Ezra knows not to argue. He's just like, I guess that's what we're doing. This is my life now. Yep, yep. Uh, Ant described uh, 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 Chopper as being a homicidal droid. And Renji says uh, Chopper officially uh, number one as badass favorite droid. Which I agree. Yeah. 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 You know, actually, um, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week, but um, at one point, Chopper took over the Star Wars Twitter feed. Oh, man. And started tweeting things like, Chopper is officially the best droid in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) I mean... Super in character for Chopper. It, it was just weird actually hearing Chopper quote unquote speak in English. Yeah. That was, that was probably the weirdest thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, ju- uh, so Justin Van Volkenberg says Chopper is the omnicidal maniac of the Star Wars universe and Jennifer Servant says there is no dark side or light side, just Chopper side. There is only Chopper. <laughs> there is only Chopper. <laughs> there yep. is no Sith, there is no Jedi, there is only, only Chopper. Chopper. <laughs> if Chopper has his way, I think that is how it will turn out because as you say, Megan, he does not care about anybody yeah, else. Cause it's so funny because this series started and I was like, oh, he's just a grumpy bucket of bolts. That's nope. so cute. No. He will he is, on a, he is on a mission. I'm all for Team Chopper. One yeah. and two, I need a shirt that says there is no light or dark, just Chopper. There is only Chopper. Somebody make artwork of that and we will make t-shirts and we will wear them on the show and it will be beautiful. It will be the best thing ever. Um, by any chance, did you guys do uh, iTunes we didn't do. Year? We didn't do a, an update for iTunes shoutouts uh, last time around. I don't recall the last time we did any iTunes shoutouts. I you? feel like it was a long time ago episode wise <laughs> well, I feel like anything sort of end of October on is probably new we uh, we did get one on October starting from October 26th okay. we've gotten a few excellent uh, just discovered the podcast and it's awesome by Eric Santiago oh. and uh, he, he wrote a really long thing gave us five stars and basically said that you know this is one of those shows that you don't get to talk with friends very much yeah. and so this feels like you're talking to your friends yeah. when you get to listen to this one Star Wars plus geeking equals win by Snow Sniper Shot 20. Uh, hi, guys. I just wanted to say I love the show. Star Wars fan. There's nothing more th- fun than geeking out about the saga with a couple of friends. And another really long one. Really good, guys. Nice. Thank you. And then last one, three stars from oh. Turkish Leonard. Do or do not. Uh, and this guy is only kind of a fan. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> uh, and I actually, this is the thing, though, is that I felt like there actually was some good constructive criticism oh, in yeah, there, no. which was that... And, and I mean, it's the nature of, and I address this a little bit on this show, of the after show, where basically what we do here is we watch a show, and in the case of this show, we watch the show and we immediately go on air and react to it. That's how it is. We don't have any time to process. We just come on and we talk. Uh, and, and the thing is, like, I, that's why on this episode I tried to talk a little bit more about themes and things like that because we you know on the I'm also doing the Jessica Jones after show right now and you know we got a lot into sort of the cinematography and the music but we also have time to process we don't have to watch that and do it immediately (laughs) but I appreciate the constructive criticism we we love hearing what you guys have to say about the show positive or negative let us that's why we ask for your comments in the first place exactly uh any other uh thoughts Megan before we dive into some quick predictions um just that, like I said, this this episode reminded me more of A New Hope than any other Star Wars Rebels episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I wasn't expecting it either, because they've 
gone on record as saying the season as a whole is supposed to be more like Empire Strikes Back. It's the Empire Strikes Back of Star Wars Rebels. So the fact that we got a little new hope in there yeah. before the uh, Inquisitors come back, thats it's very comforting. Yes. Though tonally, I will say I see where they were going in terms of this being a little more Empire oh, Strikes Back because for sure. Empire Strikes Back in it was a little bleaker Which than means New that Hope. this season is going to end on such a downer. Who I'm going to be so sad. Someone's going to lose a limb. Someone's <laughs> going to get frozen in carbonite. It's just going to be the worst. <laughs> well, let's dive into uh, some quick predictions before we uh, say goodbye for the night. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, obviously, the Inquisitors are coming back in the next episode, which I am so excited about. The Inquisitors, Ahsoka, it's going to be so great. I mean, ever since uh, the Seventh Sister said, we know about Ahsoka Tano, this is what we've been waiting for, is this confrontation, and I'm so jazzed for it. And also, there seems to be a subplot about Ezra babysitting. That's yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, and, and for sensitive children, I think. Oh, they're the Inquisitors are trying to kill a baby. That's uh, messed up. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's what I think. That's that's what. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh, what Aunt uh, says also in the chat. And then I'm going to leave you guys with a question. Uh, Justin Van Volkenberg says. Big question is what happened when Rex was being interrogated? I want people to uh, tweet your answers at us. Speculate. Yes, you can leave comments on the YouTube video or better yet, use that hashtag on Twitter. Tweet at us uh, using ABTV Rebels. And uh, we do love checking in in the week. It makes us happy. Exactly. Uh, Unfortunately, guys, it's going to be hard to find any Star Wars toys Black Friday deals. (laughs) I was trying to share them with you, and I looked it up, and everything's basically like, good luck with that. Though There should be some good deals on uh, on Star Wars Rebels, uh, Star Wars Battlefront uh, packages for PS4 and stuff like that, which I hope to take advantage of. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Megan, where can we find you on the internet? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheMenguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Ash vs. Evil Dead on Sunday nights and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesdays. I'm Emma Fife. You can follow me all over the internet at Emma Fife. I am Emma Fife everywhere. Emma Fife's are sold. I'm on a bunch <laughs> of shows here at AfterBuzzTV.com, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Jessica Jones, Guardians of the Galaxy, lots of them. Just follow me on Twitter, guys. I tweet about my life all the time. I <laughs> uh, remember, guys, you can keep talking to us using that hashtag ABTVRebels. We love to hear from you. Uh, keep your keep speculating about uh, what went down with uh, Captain Rex when he was being interrogated. And... Uh, We will see you guys all again here, very same time, very same place, next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.